Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, it is the Wolverine.com postgame show here. Uh, in a Saturday, a late Saturday in November tradition that has become myself and Ryan Van Bergen here discussing a Michigan victory. Uh, Michigan wins 30 to 24. It was a barn burner. At the big house on Saturday, no one got run off the field like the last two years. Give Ohio State credit for that. Uh, it's, you know, stayed in for a four-quarter fight, but my goodness, um, an emotional day, an emotional week, an emotional month. It's been a crazy season. Everything's built towards this. Uh, Ryan Day. It goes all the way back to Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz several weeks ago, uh, saying how tough his team was. Well, his team got up, out tough today. And Michigan's going back to Indianapolis. Ryan Van Bergen, your immediate thoughts. It was an awesome win. And what a treat for Sharon Moore to be thrust into this head coaching position and have so much pressure put to him. I mean, we've talked a lot about is Ryan Day's seat hot? And I'm sure it is. And we'll talk more about that. But for Sharon Moore to have this head coaching position kind of thrust upon him in the most critical part of the season with the biggest games left on your schedule and to not flinch and to go in there and I think call a very good game and come in with a very solid game plan, had a team that was uh, very well prepared to play the biggest game of the season. And all facets of, this, of the, uh, the team, Michigan, were solid. They played very clean football. They talk about execution. I thought they did that very well. And, I mean, they beat a good Ohio State team. I'm not here to shower Ohio State with any compliments, but they're a better team than they have been the last three years. And I think this win is maybe the most significant that we've had over the last three years. An emotional one, too. I mean, it's a game where there were so many swings. You know, you go up early. Uh, you know, Ohio State doesn't flinch either. Again, you give credit to them for that. They were always going to hold up in a, in a you know, in a four-quarter fight. Uh, i got a couple of chats here. One from A-something4999. It just says, how about the Wolverines? Uh, Ryan, I'll just direct that question to you. How proud are you of this team today? I mean, it's incredible. It really is. It's too hard to try to put into words how difficult it must have been for this team to overcome some of the things that they've had to deal with this season. And you might think, oh, don't paint yourselves as a victim. But 
to have guys from the NCAA, to have guys from the Big Ten in your football facility the week of the Penn State game and pulling guys out for interviews and interrupting your practice regimen uh, for stuff that, again, has very little evidence that has been hard proof brought to substantiated evidence. And, and you know, they're dealing with that. They're dealing with coaches that have been terminated. Um, you know, they're having a lot of what they've put all their hard work into diminished by some of the negative things that have been being said out there. And these guys have worked their asses off to be in a position at this end of the season, at the end of the season to win a big 10 championship, beat Ohio state, go back to Indianapolis, make another appearance in the college football playoff. And um, to that, to culminate in the way that it did today, uh, I mean, movies, I feel like aren't written to to this level. It, it's just, it really is. I'm so happy for these guys to be able to have this experience and who knows what's coming next, but this experience and be able to finish the way that they did. It really was cinematic. You know, the atmosphere was incredible around the stadium, probably the least amount of red I've ever seen in this building. Uh, so shout out to Michigan fans for that. Uh, just Four quarters hung in there. Uh, the scoring went like this. Blake Coram got Michigan on the board first uh, in the first quarter with a one-yard touchdown rush. Uh, Jaden Fielding of Ohio State banged through a 43-yard field goal in the first quarter. First quarter would end Michigan up 7-3. to three. Uh, Play of the day maybe from J.J. McCarthy. Just fit a pass into Roman Wilson from 22 yards out that I don't know how Roman caught it. I don't know how the ball slipped through the defenders. You cross your fingers that the review doesn't go the other way. There are a million of those uh, in this game on Saturday, but a nice play by Roman Wilson there to put Michigan up 14 to three. Emeka Abuka gets Ohio State within four points right before the half. Uh, three yard touchdown from Kyle McCord. Uh, Michigan came out of the locker room with a James Turner 50 yard field goal that was massive. I mean, that's why he was brought here to hit kicks like that. Uh, Trevion Henderson scored on a three-yard rush in the third quarter to make things 17-17. That's where things started to get a little tight here. Uh, you enter the late stages of that third quarter, a really emotional moment where Zach Zinter looked like he got rolled up on immediately. Uh, you know, They called for the cart. Looks like a, a foot, ankle, some sort of lower body, body injury. Um, the entire team came out to midfield with the cart to send him off. And then next play, again, like you said, right out of a movie, 22-yard Blake Corm rush to take a 24-17 lead. And then James Turner field goal, Marvin Harrison touchdown, 27-24 with eight minutes to go. And then Michigan is able to ice the game with a James Turner field goal and a Rod Moore interception to close things out. So I mean, I want to talk about, before we get into the ad read, I just, I just or maybe we'll do the ad read first. We are sp uh, sponsored today by our friends over at Home Field Apparel. You guys have heard us talk about them all season long. Use promo code Wolverine23 which is good for 15% off any customer's first order with home field. Listen, uh, I have an entire drawer full of, full of this stuff. I may or may not have a home field shirt on underneath this, this black on three hoodie that I'm wearing here on the broadcast. Uh, they have a growing collection. There's a Michigan collection. Uh, you know, what they like to do is highlight the archives and the history of each program that they have. And, you know, they discover the unique logos, mascots, all of the iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. So we love those guys. We love their support uh, of our, our website, of our product. Uh, we support their products. So use promo code Wolverine23. Stock up on your stuff before another trip to Indianapolis. The code is good for 15% off any customer's first order with Homefield using promo code Wolverine23. Uh, I want to clean up some super chats here first because we have a lot of them as people tend to get a little uh, worked up and emotional and all the right reasons after this Michigan win. 
uh, Cameron Stokes says, getting turnovers was the key. We had to get an equalizer somehow. Uh, let's park here for a second, Ryan. The emotional swings in this game. As a player, how do you work through that? I, I, it's tough to work through. It's all situational based on what's happened. What are the circumstances? You know, what, what have, how gruesome is the injury as much as you don't want to say that. But, you know, I saw Zach Zinter's injury and before they cut away from the TV screens. And it's one of those things that I've seen actually in real life a couple times, but where someone's sitting on their butt, their knees are pointed up towards, you know, the clouds, but their foot is turned 90 degrees and toes are pointed the other way. And so I don't know if it was dislocated ankle, broken leg, something like that, but it's one of those things you look down and you know, it's significant. And so that's a very tough situation, but I almost got a little emotional on the next play, Blake Corm busting out that touchdown. And, you know, that Zach Zinter, credit to him because he had a horrific injury and he's acting like, he, you know, nothing happened as he gets carted off and he's waving and trying to keep his guys going. Got to always respect a guy that does that. And for him to be going up that tunnel and wondering how the team's going to perform without him, he's a captain, he's a senior, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that you could say carries the torch for this team. For him to be going up the tunnel on the gator and wondering how his guys are doing and then to hear the roar of the crowd because Blake Corum just ran it in from 22 yards out, that would have been a really big moment. That would have been a really big moment that to be able to do that as Michigan's offense, to be Zach Zinner on the back of the cart and to hear that, uh, that would have been a really big, significant moment. And I think there was a couple of those emotional moments, but anyone that watched this game can probably tell you that that was a turning point where it seemed like Ohio State seemed like they got desperate and Michigan felt like they had their foot on their throat. And so that was a big deal. Um, and then the turnovers are obviously are going to be huge. And anytime you can turn the pressure up on a team that has to come down the length of the field and score a touchdown, uh, they're going to press a little bit. And I thought we had great pressure on that play and, uh, you know, great for Rod Moore to come down with that pick. And then Will Johnson, we said we were going to see him one-on-one -on -one matched up with Marvin, Marvin Harrison for the majority of the game, which I think we would have seen even more had he not gotten hurt. But stepping in front of that play, it didn't seem as significant at the time because it was so early in the game, but how huge was that to go out and snatch the lead there? So turnovers were huge, but man, I actually got emotional um, for that Zach Zinner moment and then scoring that touchdown was big. Sorry, was uh, muted there. Uh, Cameron says this team does not flinch. We keep questioning on their mental resolve and they keep proving people wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's been an, a crazy month in terms of draining headlines off the field. But at some point, you just kind of have to put your head down and play football. And this team has done a tremendous job doing that. It's a very, uh, I think Brady Quinn used it. And I don't use a lot of his quotes, but galvanizing is a good adjective. It's been galvanizing for this team to have to come together against some of the criticism and some of the different negative things that have been said about them. Uh, and this was no different. I mean, to be honest, they were in control for majority of this game. I think they played with a lead or even, you know, I don't know how long we uh, played or if we were ever, ever at a deficit, but uh, this team doesn't flinch. They're going to do what they do game in and game out offensively, defensively, special teams play clean football, execute and get their guys, get their guys uh, opportunities to win. And nothing was different in this game. Uh, this is from another one from Cameron. Guys, the, the super chats are coming in like crazy. So we're just going to keep rolling with it. Cameron Stokes says, uh, Jim about to get the last laugh on Tony Petitti. Uh, let's LFG. I don't want to say the acronym out loud there. Um, that, that guy might have to hand Jim Harbaugh, a trophy next weekend. And that is going to be fascinating. I don't know, maybe some more evidence emerges this week and, and they put Sharon Moore back in charge again. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but um, 
everything about this week was theater. And I think everything leading up to that final moment next week, again, you got to take care of business. You're going to play an Iowa team that's tough, but I am so intrigued to see how that exchange potentially goes down. It's Jim. I feel like he's going to handle it with grace and we will make a spectacle of it, but he truly is one track mind focused on his players. So I think he'll barely notice it's Petiti giving him the trophy because he'll be in such a rush to hand it off to McCarthy, McCorum, some of those guys that have helped him get there. Cause that just seems like where his mind is at. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to, to, to DK D2K2 who says Ryan day wishes he never said, hang a hundred on them. Hashtag go blue. Thank you for the super chat. DK Devon Robinson says, I'm super pumped, uh, but prayers for Zach Sinter. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's a season ender, probably a career ender in terms of Michigan. That's that hurts, and that's you know you enjoy this one now. Uh, you get through next week, but we'll see. Uh, let's go to one here from Big Case Mike, and then Ryan. I'm going to have you handle these questions here for a sec, while I quickly sure. switch locations. Uh, serious question: How are we beating Ohio State when they severely out recruit us? Happy about that, but how are we doing that? I would love to jump on that question because it's something that I wanted to try to hit today. Um, of course, I've got a biased lens because I am an owner of a fitness facility. But one of the things I think that's been overshadowed as of late due in some of the success that Michigan has had is in part due to Ben Herbert and what he's been doing as a strength and conditioning coach. I feel like we've been on this podcast before talking about how we lack development of recruits when they get on campus at Michigan. We see guys coming as five stars, coming as four stars, and we don't feel like they're making progress as they go through their freshman, sophomore, junior, senior years. But I feel like we've nicked that. We've, we've fi fixed that. It's something that uh, Jim Harbaugh, I feel like, has addressed. It's something that I think he identified, and I think the coaches all work towards the development of these players. And Ben Herbert with the strength and conditioning staff is, is you know, probably the most influential when it comes to who your support staff is on your coaching staff. You're with your strength and conditioning coach more than almost any other coach that you have. And especially when your team has the identity that Michigan does, which is we're going to be physical. We're going to put big boys and big bodies on the line of scrimmage, and we're going to try and run the football at you. When you're in that sort of position, the only reason that you can execute that is because you are strong and you are physical and you're used to it through your training. So uh, a shout out to Ben Herbert, because I feel like all the allegations and the sign stealing and yada, yada has taken a little bit away from what these young men have done in the off season to get to this position, uh, the strength, the, the speed and the dedication that they consistently must be showing in the weight room in order for the results to occur like they do every time they play on Saturday. I know Anthony switching locations. Um, if we got more super chats, I can help with these. Cameron Stokes comes in, 499 super chat with America's team. Missouri coach tried to troll us. We troll back. Ryan is a John Cooper 2.0. Yeah, I mean, I, I know one of the questions coming up. I can be the Anthony Broom for the moment, but one of the questions is Anthony or uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan Day is 0-3 versus Michigan. Uh, how hot do you think the seat is getting? I think the seat's starting to get pretty hot. Um, you know, uh, it's one of those things, if you're Ohio State, I don't envy you and being in your position, but Ryan Day's dropped three straight, and this there's been a historical tradition of Ohio State getting rid of quarter or getting rid of co coaches who can't win that game. 
Uh, same thing on the Michigan side. So be interesting to see where this goes off season, because I very much doubt that they have any percentage chance that they end up in the college football playoff. Uh, a lot of things would need to happen in their favor for that to occur. And I think Ohio state could really shoot themselves in the foot if they end up going a different direction than Ryan day. Cause outside of Michigan, Ryan day wins football games. So uh, luckily we don't have to deal with that. Uh, Lori Owen with the $20 super chat. Thank you, Lori. What a great and wonderful team. They don't flinch. Great job, guys. Have a beer in Indy. Go blue. Uh, I mean, these guys are used to being in Indianapolis. That's another thing that, you know, we're not talking about because we've been looking at this Ohio State game and been so excited for, for this season to kind of wind down into this big finale. But Michigan's very comfortable in Indianapolis. We've been there. Uh, we're not new. And I think Iowa is probably going to be – underdogs. I don't know how by how much it's kind of been an interesting side on that division, but uh, Michigan gets to refocus and go in and win this big 10 championship. So uh, excited and uh, all things pointing towards big 10 champion repeat and, you know, birth in the college football playoff, big case, Mike in super chat four ninety nine. two part question. Do we have an advantage in NIL over OSU? And if so, will that advantage allow us to surpass them in recruiting? That's a good question. I honestly don't know. Uh, you know, the NIL thing is still such so much the wild, wild west of college football. I mean, you've got booster clubs doing a lot of private fundraising. You've got different organizations at universities that are now in charge of the distribution and collection of the funds for athletes. Uh, the way each school is doing it is different. It's not always going to be consistent. If you get Michigan versus Ohio State, you may not get paid the same. Um, the structure could be different. So it, it's anybody's guess as to what's going to happen with the money, but I don't think the money is going to be the end all be all. I think it's, a, it's going to be a factor into where people pick for their college and university, but uh, there's other elements. I think a lot of it is the exposure that you get. And when you play at Michigan and, and Ohio state, but Michigan, I think more so as of late, you get more viewers. Uh, there's going to be more people engaged with you. And I feel like that's the thing that Michigan is kind of made up distance on Ohio state is there's no much, they're not more likely to go to the NFL. If you go to Ohio state, there's no data that supports that. You're not more likely to, you know, have an extended career. If, if you go to Michigan or Ohio state for the, for your NFL purposes. So, uh, the opportunities are the same at both universities. And then part of it is the brand of football. I mean, the brand of football so far is Ohio state still has to wear the scarlet letter of you guys are a finesse team and can't stand up when Michigan runs it at you. The, the, the narrative hasn't changed. So we now have a scenic background for Anthony broom and uh, right. he's back with us, but we are just getting to this next super chat with Cameron Stokes. He said this game, in my opinion, was a more satisfying win than last year. It's a chess match throughout, but a close game. Yes, it was. I, I think you look at, um, you look at the way that this game was coached. I think the difference in this one was the team that won was the team that was more aggressive, which is kind of surprising given the way that Michigan has decided to coach these last few games without Jim Harbaugh. It's been conservative. It's been a little bit vanilla, but it was Ryan day who was kicking on those fourth and shorts and, you know, settling for field goals. And, but and Michigan was the one going for it on fourth down, calling the trick plays when they needed to call them. I thought that, in terms of just coaching the game and not overthinking it, I thought Sharon Moore did a phenomenal job in this game on Saturday. And quite frankly, I think that Ryan Day proved that he's not, he is not about that life either. Just like James Franklin isn't, just like some of these other jokers in the Big Ten isn't. The difference is that Ryan Day is the valet that was thrown the keys to a Ferrari. And, and at this point, that ground and, and what he has achieved and what he inherited at Ohio State 
that is who he is at this point, right? And there's the reports out there about Texas A&M coming to call now. I mean, the fact that now you not only won the game, but you're setting up to win another Big Ten championship. You're setting up to go back to the college football playoff. And that, I hate to say it, but chasing, you know, if it does chase Ryan Day out of Ohio State with his tail between his legs, that is, uh, I mean, Ohio State's probably going to go find someone better, right? So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's good. I'm going to be really interested to see where this goes with Ohio State and and Ryan Day. I I don't think that's a guy you fire, but this is three years in a row where when pushes come to shove, Michigan's been the more physical team, they've been the more poised team, and they've avoided those critical mistakes. And, and I think that Jim Harbaugh obviously deserves a ton of credit for that. Like he was on the field today by proxy and that this entire team, this entire program feeds off what he brings to the table. And, you know, the message is just like, just go out there and coach, go out there and play. And I thought that there were a couple of weird coaching decisions in this game. No offense to Jimmy Rolder, but once Ohio state saw him out there, they decided to pick on him a little bit in the passing game. And that's where Ohio state scored that touchdown early to get them back in the game. But Outside of a few miscues here and there, I mean, I thought this game was coached about as well as you could coach it. I would agree with you. And I also would say that I think that this is the most satisfying win uh, of the last three years because of the nonsense that has occurred that is not football related, that appears to point all signs to it's Michigan, it's Ohio State, and it's extracurricular activity on both sides and investigations and all this other stuff. And, you know, all right, so it's a sign stealing, right? No. Okay. So Jim Harbaugh gets, so it's Jim Harbaugh's not on the sideline. So now they'll win, right? No. Oh, okay. So it's, there's no excuses this year. There's no reason that you can point to and say, are we really going to say it was the refs? Are we going to sit there and say the refs were, because I thought the ref officiating, I didn't agree with, but I thought it was consistent. And as long as it's consistent, that's something that I can get on board with. And it was consistent both ways. Um, And you have no excuses. And I also would like to like, point out that this team got as close as they've gotten in these three years. And I still feel like the entire time Ohio state is just trying to hang on to their asses. It was a close game. It was a six point game. Yes. It got tight in the third quarter, but from my perspective and my lens that I was viewing the game through Michigan was in control of this game very early on. And uh, you know, Ohio state is now in a position where we've been unfortunately. So I know it all too well, where they don't know if they can beat Michigan. It's a psych in their head. They, they have no, familiarity with it and uh the momentum has swung so hard in michigan's favor i don't know what you do if you're down in columbus to try and get it back well you hire a pi and you just dig up as much dirt as you could possibly find right that that's the thing and i don't know how if any of this was covered when i stepped away for a few minutes there but ryan day in ohio state got everything they could have asked for out of this game head coach gone sign stealer gone all of that ripped out root and branch as rich eisen likes to say Uh, Michigan's offensive line is not what it has been the last two years. In fact, it's actually kind of regressed as this year has gone on. JJ McCarthy has been banged up over the last few weeks. You, the stage was set for everything you could have possibly asked for. And you still walk out of this game with a loss. And again, I don't know what happens next for them. I don't really care because I'm going to have a St. Almost stake again for the third year in a row. I'll probably even get a cocktail with it, to be honest with you. I don't know. Depends on how I'm feeling that night. But to me, you look at, you know, I I guess the roundabout way of all of this is saying the sign-stealing stuff has always been BS. Everyone inside of the coaching industry 
thinks they are thinks it's BS. And this game showed that these games are about players stepping up and making plays in big moments. Michigan was at, I won't say a competitive disadvantage because I don't buy any of that anyways, but they were as, this was as trending backwards for them as it could have been coming into this game. And those guys stepped up and made big plays when, when it mattered. Again, you know, the team that's won the rushing battle in this game over the years has typically won it. Michigan runs for 156 yards. Ohio State runs for 107. Nice day out of Blake Corum, 88 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's he was, he's been a godsend for them this year. And to have him finally healthy in this game was a huge swing for Michigan. J.J. McCarthy, efficient, didn't ask him to do too much, 16 for 20, 148 yards and a touchdown. I just feel like in general, I mean, you were outgained by Ohio State. Um, you know, Ohio State had the best player on the field, probably by a decent margin with Marvin Harrison Jr. And you look at his stat line, five catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. You take that. You take that if that's the worst he's putting up against you. You do. And you also, I feel like, have to be excited about as as undazzling as the passing game numbers were. Our passing game was solid today. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought J.J. McCarthy threw the ball into some mailboxes. And uh, there were there. I had times throughout the season where I doubted if those close throws he was making against UNLV and Bowling Green and Purdue, are those going to get through against a team like Ohio State? And uh, they do. They still get through. And he threw into some really tight windows. Cornelius Johnson caught everything that was around him. Uh, I thought that Colston Loveland and AJ Barner both showed up huge at the tight end position, moving chains when we needed them to. When we need to rely on the passing game to get a first down. It was there for us, and it hasn't been there for us the last two weeks. So that was something I was concerned. Pass pro, where are we doing at the tackle position? How are we going to help those guys? Because they've struggled. And if we need to convert on third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, are we going to have the opportunity to do that? And I thought those guys did a tremendous job. Colston Loveland today, all day, was was money and was a first down target, uh, I feel like, more often than not. So shout out and flowers going to those guys. Even though their numbers weren't flashy, they were as solid as they could be, and they were what we needed to win this game. Yeah, and Cornelius, sorry, Cornelius has had a few games in a row where he hasn't played super well. So something that I've learned about him, given that he's been here five years now, is that typically when those mistakes come, he's going to repay that with interest. I think we maybe even talked about that on last week's show a little bit. So, I mean, he was incredibly cl- uh, clutch in this game. Colston Loveland, five catches for 88 yards. Roman Wilson had the touchdown. Relatively quiet day overall, but uh, three catches, 36 yards. Again, you know, this offense – has been through so much. And I'll say this too, like you never, you don't want to lose Zach Sinner. And I think if this team is going to play for a national title, losing him is as big a blow, if not a bigger blow than losing Coram was last year. Like he's that good with what he's done out there. But I thought that Carson Barnhart, when he kicked him inside to guard, cause he had to, I thought he played pretty well. The tackles played a Trente Jones played well. It just seemed like you don't want an emotional swing like that with a captain getting injured, but, I think the thing I'm most impressed with today is the counterpunch uh, because this team had every reason, I mean, weeks ago, but even in this game to kind of say, you know what, we're down our head coach. We're down a couple key players. Will Johnson, he's our only chance to stop Marvin Harrison Jr., blah, 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 blah. But they just kept fighting. They kept playing. Uh, what did you think of this offensive line performance? Because, I mean, I know the numbers aren't gaudy, but I thought those guys for the most part and one sack on the day, I mean, that's – that, that was the recipe. J.J. had to be kept clean. 
I thought they did a better job in pass pro, which was my number one concern coming into this game. Like I said earlier that, you know, they've got enough on the edge at Ohio state to give you problems if you don't hold up solid in pass protection. So I was worried about Carson Barnhart, Ladarius Henderson didn't travel, didn't play last week. Not a hundred percent sure what his health status was going to be coming into this game. So I was nervous about that, but one, I think JJ looked the healthiest he's looked in a long time, looked the most mobile he's looked in a long time. Whatever was his issue, it seemed to have shaken off, which Ohio State, it can do that to you when you get some of those butterflies going. Uh, but we did enough in pass pro to keep JJ with his eyes downfield, able to make some plays with his legs, able to, to put some DBs, linebackers, and some pickles where they have to decide, are you going to stay in coverage? Or are you going to come up and take away the threat of the run from McCarthy? How about the Alex Orgy package, which, you know, was just a two-play thing, but I've been calling Alex Orgy for a while. When they came in, I was like, finally, uh, something I say on here comes to fruition. Um, but uh, I just thought that they played pretty well. And then I know people are sick of hearing me say this, but it needs to be said. They're checking a lot at the line of scrimmage. You're seeing McCarthy come up to the line of scrimmage, ready, go. And he's checking. And then he looks over to the sideline. So many times when he makes that check, Ohio State has got eight guys within four yards of the line of scrimmage and darn near inside the tackle box. And I'm thinking, check to the bubble, check to a tunnel screen, check to something outside of the tackles. And no, we're going to run quorum right up the middle. And we're getting three, you know, and we're getting three. We shouldn't get three in those situations. So uh, someone who may or not may not be attuned or have football acumen uh, as to what's going on out there, we're running into this box because we just think we're tougher than you. And that's it. That's it. That's the only reason that we're doing it. And uh, to see these guys do it again, 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 um, it was exciting to watch. Just a physical domination in a sport that is losing physicality day by day. I think your mute might have got hit there. My bad. Muted myself. Um, from a general game perspective, objectively, take a step back from everything. That was a phenomenal football game and one of the best college football games I've watched all year. I mean, the, the swings, the, the physicality. Again, I know people are going to get all excited about you know some of those Pac-12 games where it's 49-45. And that is fun football. But I do like, you know, I like possessions being at a premium. I like points being somewhat at a premium. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to watch what we're going to see Iowa do next weekend. But. At the same time, I thought this was, this was, I mean, this is a class, another classic edition of this game. Uh, super fun to watch. Um, a lot of people's Apple watches probably warning them about high heart rates, especially the fact that it was a, a four quarter game this time, but man, oh man, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was a fun one. And, and it, it answers a lot of questions about what this team is made of, what this program is made of and what that other team is, is made of too. Want to talk to you guys quick about, not quickly, we'll give them as much time as they need because we love them. We love all of our sponsors here uh, on the Wolverine Post Game Show. This is our buddies over at Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors. Finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys. Fix this family issue. Don't want to be in the doghouse, especially... Hey, maybe you're a guy looking for tickets to the game in Indy this weekend. Do, you, do yourself a solid. Do your wife a solid and upgrade. Head on over to Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online at lewisjewelers.com. Uh, we will continue to take questions here, fellas, uh, fellas gals, whoever's watching. Um, as someone honks a ton behind me, that's what happens when you do it outside. But uh, I want to talk to you about defense in – 
I think, timely turnovers, right? When you play an elite offense like this, this is the best offense Michigan's seen probably by a wide margin this year, uh, at least in terms of personnel, in terms of what they can do to you. And those teams are going to move the ball. When you have good on good, each team is going to have their fair share of wins and losses. But what has been so critical in turning around this rivalry the last three years is getting off the field in those key moments and holding Ohio State to field goals. In in a lot of ways, I mean, yes, Ohio State scored one more point than it did last year. To me, this was the best defensive performance of these three wins over the last three years. I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but I think I agree with you. Uh, very, very good defensive performance. And, you know, I got to give a little bit of credit to Ohio State because one of the things that I thought would keep them in this game is if they could honor a commitment to the run game and keep Travion Henderson warm and keep feeding him the ball. Because one thing that I feel like is one of Ryan Day's Achilles heel, and he can take this little tidbit back home with him to Columbus, is that I feel like he's never satisfied with a first down run that is five yards and being at second and five. He wants a first down on first down. And that's the, to me, that's one of the reasons his offense shoots him in the foot sometimes is because you're not happy with that five yard game and he's not willing to run it on second and five to see if he can get to third and two and then have the playbook wide open. He's not patient like Michigan is and the identity that Michigan has. And so uh, I thought that the Michigan defense expecting them to abandon the run at some point played it pretty well. And I welcome you. I invite you run the ball at us. Come on down here and see if you can get six because we think we'll stop you at a field goal. That would have been my approach if I'm Jesse Minter. I'm neutralizing Marvin Harrison. I'm keeping Will Johnson or my best on him. And I'm also taking a safety and shading him over there. That guy's not going to beat me 10 on 10, run the football at us and let's see what happens. And I, I thought Ryan Day played into it a little bit, and I thought he ran the football. I thought that was the option that they gave them as far as take what the defense gives you. And then Michigan really sealing up when it comes down to the red zone and, and standing firm. I thought guys that played really, really well, Chris Jenkins, I thought had a tremendous game of defensive tackle, probably not statistically, but uh, the blocks that he was absorbing, the gaps that he was maintaining, playing in the other team's backfield. He had a hell of a game. And then Junior Colson and Michael Barrett, unsung heroes, always of the defense. And a lot of guys played well, but these guys um, played really well, making plays in the run game while being blocked, not allowing leaky yards, uh, not allowing yards after contact. Um, just a gritty defensive performance that probably won't get the respect it's deserved because of how they played. A couple folks have asked about – have a question here from – Josh Kemi, who says, do we know Will Johnson's status? I did just pull up, uh, obviously not at the post-game press conference when I do these. Uh, Sharon Moore on Will Johnson's injury said he had a lower leg injury. think he'll be all right. Um, so, again, I think that – I don't know if it was cramping. I don't know if it was uh, calf strain or something. Shout out to Will Johnson, though. I mean, uh, he was the guy that was going to draw the Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, matchup for most of this game. He came up uh, – I don't get many bold predictions, right? That's why they're bold predictions. But one of them that I posted earlier is that Will Johnson would have a key snap where he gets the better of Marvin Harrison Jr. And he did on the interception that set up Michigan's first touchdown. Uh, again, uh, maybe just short of giving him a game ball because you'd like to see him finish it out. But again, you look at Marvin Harrison Jr.'s production or lack thereof today. I mean, this is a guy who I think he had 13 catches against Penn State, 14 catches um, you know, there, there have been games where when Ohio State needs it, they just kind of force feed him the ball. And a couple times, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., big plays kept them in this game. But I thought the, I thought Michigan did, did an outstanding. And I want to give Kyle McCord some credit, too. 
early on in this game, Michigan threw some different things at him. They were mixing up coverages. They were sending pressure. And he looked like he was seeing ghosts. And then he settled in as the game went on, obviously made the two key interceptions. The one uh, obviously would have given Ohio State a chance to win if he hadn't have thrown it at the end. But um, Vanilla McMilky, as I believe you referred to him a few years ago, a few uh, weeks ago, uh, I thought played all right. But, I mean, this is the first time, I don't want to say ever in this rivalry, but in a long time, Michigan's had the advantage at quarterback simply because their guy didn't make the big mistake. That's what my impression was of him. And uh, my nickname may have not necessarily give him or give you the, all the details as to what my opinion is of him. But you look at the Ohio State's track record at quarterback that when it comes to producing collegiate level quarterbacks, they've had tremendous talents in that quarterback room to pair along with the receivers that they've been able to produce. And this guy just didn't have that specialness that I thought that some of the other guys have. And especially when he's been under pressure, when you get under pressure, it's always great to have the best player on the field be at receiver unless you can't get him the ball then it doesn't matter and that's one thing that I just kept hanging my hat on that at the end of the day when this game came around McCord's not going to just be able to play catch in the backyard with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got to do it standing up against the defensive line and pass rush from Michigan and then I also think that the guys in coverage for Michigan are going to make it hard harder for Marvin than he's had for the rest of the year. I still think and he did get his production and he's going to get his production. Your goal isn't to completely keep him off uh, of of or keep him out of impacting your game, but to minimize what he's able to do. And it's kind of like MJ back in the day, you hold him to under 30 points, you, you stopped MJ. Uh, so I don't want to compare him to that athlete, but he is a very, very good receiver. Maybe one of the best we've seen at the college level and credit to Jesse Minner and the scheme that these guys came out and played with. And uh, you know, they dominated and, in large part won this game because their defense was able to keep them out of the end zone and keep them to field goals or get them, get them to kick the ball. Uh, Adam Shepardson, our guy wants to know JJ McCarthy's stat line. JJ McCarthy was 16 for 20 for 148 yards and a touchdown, 80% completion percentage, 158.7 passer rating. Uh, but Donovan Edwards had a better passer rating day, 385.6, one for one for 34 yards. I was wondering if we'd see the halfback pass today. And we did. Uh, McCarthy also had the four rushes for 17 yards. Of course, one of them was a sack. He had the 15-yard run uh, where he did a good job getting down. So, yeah, a nice day at the office for Mr. J.J. McCarthy. Uh, let's see here. Desmond Williams uh, with a good point here. He says, this is my first time watching Ohio State this year. Kyle McCord played well. He threw some dimes, but the turnovers killed them. We had left less turnovers, more running yards, and minimum penalties. And I think that last – my last statement is the game in a nutshell. Didn't turn over the football, won the rushing battle, and didn't beat yourself with mistakes. And a couple of those calls, the holding call on Mason Graham, I still don't get. I don't know what happened there. A phantom call as far as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, but Michigan's penalties on the day. Where did I, I just had that pulled up here. That's what happens when I do stuff live. I'll find it in a second. But uh, Ryan, just to address his second point there about being the more poised team, essentially. Well, winning the rushing game is so undervalued, I feel like, and it's just such a consistent statistic, especially in some of these bigger matchups, Michigan versus Michigan State. You look at the series and who wins the games. Typically, you can look at who won the rushing battle, and that'll tell you who won the game. And the same is true with Michigan-Ohio State. I believe this was the 22nd game, uh, something like that. Excuse me, that uh, Michigan or that the team that won the rushing battle won the football game. And that's what we were talking about when you were walking and changing locations was this team 
and Ben Herbert is another, just another shout out to him. I feel like the, the work that they're doing in the weight room and yes, they're recruiting, they're developing, but these guys are gritty because of the way that they train and the, what they're doing in the off season and the way that they can run the football. They don't do anything spectacular in terms of technique or something special that other teams aren't doing in order to run the football. They just work harder at it and they work and they work and they grind. And when it comes time to play football, other teams can't stand up to it because they haven't worked to this level. So, um, yeah, uh, the the way that Michigan approaches the game is they grind you down and they beat you. And if you make mistakes, if you turn the ball over, if you make any knucklehead decisions as a head coach, you lose to Michigan. A couple of people dogging Donovan Edwards in the comments for a pass that was not super accurate. Listen, I have, I have a very strict rule about the halfback pass. It's that when it works, we don't nitpick the halfback pass. We just take it and move on. That's two years in a row. Um, I'd love to see uh, the the passing competition between Donovan Edwards and Colab Mullings at this point. Uh, I want to take this one. Again, we do have time for a few more questions, so if anyone has them, we will take them. But uh, we'll go to this one from Chilled Livin, who says, what are your thoughts for Michigan's offensive line moving forward without Zach Zinter? I mean, yeah, because, again, I'm, I'm not breaking news here, just speculation on my part. I think he's probably done for the year. Uh, that did not look good. We take, you take a card off the field. This late in the game um, sucks for that guy. He is the heartbeat of that offensive line. And some might even argue Michigan's best all-around player. I know Jim Harbaugh has said that before. I'm guessing that the look they'll go with moving forward is the look that we saw to close this game with Ladarius Henderson, Trevor Keegan, uh, Drake Nugent, Carson Barnhart kicking inside, and Trent A. Jones at right tackle. But if Miles Hinton is healthy, maybe he works in there too. But I'm – you don't want to say you liked the combination after Zinter went out, but they certainly got the job done. They're prepared to play the game without Zach Zinter. Uh, it's not that they want to, but if you think about what Michigan has done throughout the season, they've had personnel groups come in where there's six O linemen, seven O linemen. I don't know if we've ever done eight, but maybe. Uh, so there's guys that have had these reps in the game now, maybe not at right guard uh, specifically, but guys that have been repping in there and, as good as Zach Zinter is, the expectation at Michigan is by position. So the next man up has to come in, has to execute, has to produce, and that's the expectation. Uh, yeah, you're filling some big shoes, but um, most of us wear 14, 15, 16 on the offensive line and defensive line anyway. So the shoes are all the same size. So get in there, fill them, do your job. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the buzz on this program coming to the year was that Senior Bowl had seven guys on their list of guys that could make uh, the Senior Bowl as that you know pro NFL uh, draft type of showcase. So it is next man up, and you see what happens from there. But uh, going to play a very physical team next week in Iowa, so those guys are going to have to find a way to gel uh, because I do think that the five that you saw to end this game will probably be the five that they come out with. Uh, I think. Richard also Brooks wants to know, Anthony, what night will, will you be eating a shrimp cocktail next week? I got a lot of a lot of plans to make. Maybe should have made them. Maybe should have expected to have to make them, but uh, we'll figure that out. I assume I'll get one at some point in Indianapolis. Uh, I have a question, uh, and, and I don't know if it's a question or a rant or or just letting Ryan do his thing here, but. The emotions of now that this game has passed, the emotions of the rivalry, the emotions of the last month or so, now that we can kind of sit here and exhale, because it's diff it is different from the last two years. I mean, Michigan came into this season expecting to win this game. And you, 
you come play at this university, you should always expect to win this game. But truly, having won it two years in a row, this was the expectation. It wasn't a pleasant surprise like 2021 was. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the, the redo that last year was, um, you know, essentially kind of a mirrored version of the 2021 game. This one was hard fought, but you expected to win it. And, and I don't want to say it takes, because there's nothing that takes away from the glow of this. This team has bigger and better things to play for now. And that that has continued to be the expectation through all of this. I mean, just speak to the state of this program and the state of this rivalry in general, Ryan. Well, the state of the rivalry, this game is so significant uh, because the way that the landscape is going to change with the expansion of to the 12 team playoff, it's very likely that you're going to see Michigan play Ohio state two times in one season, you know, not maybe not on an annual basis, but it's going to happen. And to me, that's just going to, that's just going to saturate what this experience is. I mean, Michigan, Ohio state, uh, Luckily, we're on the, the victor side of this for the last three years. But the way that it plays out, the way that the divisions are laid out right now, Michigan, Ohio State, one team season is over after this game. And one season's one team gets vaulted to win it all. And that's what this game is and what, it, what, what it's been. And, you know, it's not going to be that anymore. It'll still have its significance and it'll still play a role. But with the, with the separation of divisions and then with the college football playoff going up to 12, you know, you don't have to go to the Big Ten championship and win to make it to the college football playoff anymore. And that'll probably be a good thing for all you Buckeye fans out there because you don't know what it's like to be in Indianapolis as of late. But uh, you'll still get a chance to sniff the playoff and you won't have to hope for other teams to lose. So good on you, Buckeye fans, for that being an option. Um, but, you know, for Michigan, what I think about is – They've been here before, and that's something that I think we think about this team, veteranism, experience, blah, blah, blah. But now we get into uncharted territory because I think in 2021, you win this game. It's a first home win. I was there. I, I, you know, I I've, was in the same position as a senior. You beat Ohio State at home, and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to take it. You don't know how to respond. It's all brand new. You get the lights, the cameras going into Indianapolis, and you figure out how to do the Big Ten Championship. So you do that in 2021. 2022, you have the first victory in Columbus in I don't know how long. So that's new. That's different. And then you go through and, you know, you get seated differently. You drop one to TCU. We don't have to go into all that. But you were prepared. You were waiting, looking ahead is what we all thought. So now you have a team that has been here before. They beat Ohio State in a big matchup at the end of the year at home now they get to focus on iowa which i believe it was the same two years ago go and play iowa and georgia's lurking around the corner this team has been in this exact scenario before that's what excites me the absolute most about what's to come is that this team made this mistake of not taking the next step of all right you beat ohio state you won the big 10 championship but there's still more to win these guys that are all a part of the core of the leadership of this team know about that and have been there and been there when the confetti fell in the other team's colors. That's a huge deal as this team prepares for the Big Ten championship and bowl games. Because, you know, if we're sitting here talking about Ryan Day, let's hold up a mirror and talk about bowl games for Jim Harbaugh. Whether he's been suspended or not, not that great. So this team can separate itself even further and cement its legacy even that much higher in, in the tradition of Michigan football by taking care of some more business because this is behind us. The, the comparison I will use is this. It's like being in the playoff game when your best players in the penalty box, your power plays buzzing, penalty or your penalty kills buzzing, 
power play expires, your best player is out of the box, and it's game time. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's out of the penalty box now, and these next th- three games, at least at least two games, it seems like, maybe three games. I mean, this is now – it's time – now that all of this – I won't say all of this is behind them. We know there's going to be more stuff that comes out probably about this scandal and what the fallout is, but I don't think that happens in season. This is a three-game run to a national title now. And all hands are on deck. You're going to be injured. Everyone's injured now. Uh, you're going to have to figure it out. This team has it up here, and they have it in, the, in their chest too. I think that's the biggest thing. And they have senior leadership. They, they've been through everything now. For a year that where they skated by as much as they did in the early part of this season, the adversity of November and late October has built a callus for this team. And I do think that – They'll be ready for it moving forward. Um, again, next week's a sprint, but you get some time to get healthy and you go from there. But got to take care of, got to take care of the Iowa Hawkeyes first. Ryan, next week we will do our show for the third consecutive year. I'll be broadcasting live from high above Lucas Oil Stadium uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes are on deck. No Cade McNamara, no Eric All. Both had season-ending injuries. That's a bummer for those guys. You would love to see that storyline play out, but uh, it is a chance. At the Iowa Hawkeyes for the second time in three years is a chance for your third straight Big Ten title and your third trip, your third straight trip to the college football playoffs. So, for Ryan Van Bergen, for uh, my producer Nick behind the scenes, and for all Michigan fans out there, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting us and sticking with us through the regular season, sticking with me through seemingly a different location every single week. I have to fill out that bingo card at some point. But thank you guys uh, for your your generous donations. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you uh, for the second year in a row, a 12 and 0 regular season. I will see you in Indianapolis. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.